0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Lay Film, where each week we discuss cinematic gems that deserve a brighter spotlight. I'm your co-host Richard Lay, and here with me today are my podmates. Kevin Carpew, Tyler Cunningham. Patrick. And today is a special episode because we actually have a special guest. Here with me today.
1: Is Kaylee! Woo! Yeah! yeah!
2: yeah! Our first guest on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. I was not expecting this, even though I kind of was.
0: <laughs> so, Kaylee, you are a special guest, and today is actually a very, very special day because we actually had uh, quite the eventful morning and afternoon. We did a, like a podcast-style mixer in some ways. We had. Uh... Is
1: that what we're calling it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of I just thought of it on the fly. But um, yeah, we actually had a pretty special day And you were joining us And you picked our the movie of the day And yeah, do you want to talk about the movie And why you're here?
1: Yeah, so the movie I picked was um, Or is called The Half of It um, It was made in 2020 And directed by <laughs> Who is it directed
0: by? Alice Wu
1: Alice Wu If you ask me People spend far too much time looking for someone to
0: complete them. How many people find perfect love? Or if they do, make it last. More evidence of Camus' theory that life is irrational and meaningless.
1: Alice Wu, who also directed Saving Face, which was what, what, like a 2004 movie? Um, so it's been a while since she's made a film, and I actually just watched her previous film last night, so it'd be interesting to see what kind of contrasting like, ideas she has yeah. within the two movies that she currently has out.
0: Especially since, yeah, she only has made two films so far, and both films uh, are centered around um, Asian-American uh, uh, women and modern day and in this film it is about um and i'm reading this from letterboxd uh, a shy straight a student ellie is hired by sweet but inarticulate jock paul who needs help wooing the most popular girl in school but their new and unlikely friendship gets tricky when ellie discovers she has feelings for the same girl So Alice Wu, so far, even though she only has two films under her belt, has um, been almost like a spokesperson for not only the Asian American community, but for the um, LGBTQ Asian Americans, you know, that relate to her.
1: Yeah, so normally that's what I tend to gravitate to because I kind of want to focus on that as a filmmaker. Um, I don't know if... The guys have introduced you guys to their backgrounds but they actually have degrees in film just like me <laughs> and they have movies out so go stalk them like <laughs> you know the interwebs <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah we all went to school together at sac oh yeah sacramento state yep yes. and this film
0: actually has references to sacramento oh, yes. so it's actually pretty enlightening that a filmmaker who was uh, born in and was born in san jose she has that kind of connection uh, in the northern part of California.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I just see... Um, her name again, Alice, Wu. Alice. Mm-hmm. Alice Wu is, like, being very similar as me. And for her to, like, come out with just, like, films, it gives me motivation to... Or it just gives me an idea that I am capable of doing it. And it doesn't make me feel like, oh, it's impossible... Because I know that when it comes to filmmaking, it can really feel like starting a career out of it can be... Impossible. Impossible, yeah, or just out of reach. But people like her and like Greta Gerwig, they hit very close to home. And I don't know if you guys are aware that we're also from Sacramento. <laughs> are we allowed to tell them that?
2: I think so, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, And so... Yeah, I just never thought of Sacramento being a place of, like, where filmmakers would come from, you know? It just always seemed like, oh, it's from L.A. or, like, New York or some bigger city out there. But, yeah, it's very refreshing, I guess. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Because I feel like Sacramento, when it is referenced seems like the, like, bottom of the barrel of California, like, (laughs) cities in California, you know, and it is the state of California, and it's not really, it doesn't really have any, like, symbolic, I don't know, like, it doesn't have great iconography in film, and, uh, yeah, it's good to know that, um, Alice Wu is aware of that, and, like you said, um, Greta Gerwig, who's referenced Sacramento, like, her previous film, um, so, it was pretty noteworthy that she mentioned that. Yeah, so,
3: Because um,
1: was it Aster who was from Sacramento or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah the mm-hmm. character. Okay.
0: So the character that, um, that Ellie Chu, uh, writes letters for, or, like, she writes letters for Paul, but to Aster, and she is traveling, like, from Sacramento. So I thought that was, like, pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, Wow! Did Kaylee pick this movie so that I can get all these Sacramento references? Like, cool.
4: I actually
1: forgot about it until you brought it up, which is so interesting because, like, yeah, Sacramento can sometimes feel forgettable almost, like as being part of California where everybody knows about, you know, Cali. But like, nobody cares.
4: We are the capital, though. Yeah.
1: Exactly, but,
3: like, we are the capital. <laughs> capital.
4: Don't forget. Huh? No, SAC has got some good talent, though. Mm-hmm. Filmmakers, like, in the skateboarding industry, Sacramento is, like, one of, the, like, I'd say top five, like, in really? the country. Wow, like, I didn't like, even oh, know that. like, in the skate scene, there's so many pros that are, like, huge that are all from SAC. Oh,
3: my God. Yeah. So, man.
4: Sacramento's bigger... It's bigger than you think. So and you're
2: telling me there's a chance. have a chance. <laughs> well, you have a we chance. might make yeah. it. We <laughs> might make it. We might.
0: And for some people that don't know, like Sacramento is, I, I believe, top three in the most like, diverse places yeah. in, in the in world. In the world, yeah. So we have multiple perspectives, multiple cultures and identities that, um, yeah, that can be relatable from anyone, anywhere.
2: I think that's my favorite part about living here. Cause, um,
3: especially one, Midtown.
2: Yes, yes, definitely Midtown, like, especially with all the markets and just people just all around here just doing their thing. Different food, different markets, like you said. Yeah, like, because I went on a trip recently, like, up north in California, and it's just so immediate, like, the, just taking notice of, like, how not diverse it is, and I'm like, I end up missing it, because it's like, oh, man, like, I want to get, like, other, like, just so, I want to be embodied in, like, cultural richness, and and diversity yeah it's so cool living here because of that
1: I think we definitely take it for granted and it's more understated because we live here all the time and that we don't get to see you know how diverse our community is and it's kind of sad but I'm glad that we're kind of you know recognizing it now I think we're starting to realize as we kind of go to other places, that Sacramento is kind of really special. Mm -hmm. And just a background on one. what, like, Richie was talking about earlier, how we went to this, um, (laughs) we were basically having a mixer, and beforehand we went to go shop for some ramen, Uh like, ingredients. (laughs) And, like, that is so cool. The fact that we were able to find a grocery store that carried so many cultural foods like I wouldn't be able to go to like Eureka mm-hmm. and find that like yeah. I would have to drive like f- two hours away or something um <laughs> or
2: order it online
1: pretty much so I'm just really happy that I'm I was able to be exposed to like all the different cultures that Sacramento has to offer and yeah it's good that she mentioned it in her movie because I think it's definitely like a sleeper city where everybody's trying to work hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. But nobody's recognizing it. So.
5: Doesn't it kind of play the same though as Squ- Squamish?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It Squamish? is. You're right. Squamish? Squamish. Sacramento
5: Squamish. That's my life. It's kind of... It's not the most positive. I feel like we're a little bigger than Squamish. No, yeah. <laughs> in the, in the... It reminded me of Lincoln, though. I grew up in Lincoln. In the film's presentation... She's said, I went from Sacramento, which is a much. Now I'm in which is even less... Wow. That's, it's not full positive light as well. <laughs> I'll try to illustrate. It no,
3: definitely.
1: That's, that's definitely true. We, I think, a part of us also want to get out of here. Oh, yeah. As much as, like, we want to glamorize Sacramento as we, you know, we are right now. <laughs> um, there's a part of us that want to kind of have something bigger or smaller, and I think Aster being thrown into that environment, it was nice, because I originally did not come from Sacramento, I moved from, like, a small town called Lathrop, and that's maybe, like, 15 minutes away from Stockton, there's literally one high school, you knew everybody, it was trash, guys, okay, like, Sacramento was just like, thank God I'm here! <laughs> and then I got to meet you guys So that was pretty tight <laughs> Wow Should we talk about the movie more? <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Um, yeah, let's uh, give our like initial first impressions Of the half of it And I believe that none of us have seen the film Besides you, Kaylee, right?
1: Really? You guys a- haven't seen it no, yet? No we, okay. I, oh,
0: no, we all watched I didn't, it. I didn't I mean, see it like, beforehand yeah, oh, okay. I didn't see it before oh, you recommended yeah. it
1: so, yeah, I kind of was just browsing through Netflix. I didn't even know who Alice Wu was or yeah, Alice yeah. Wu. Um who I have never world? seen like Saving Face. Uh, but the arrow to like But like as a queer filmmaker, I like I always gear towards that genre of movies. And so I was just like What the hell is this film? It looks like a young adult, like, Olivia Wilde, uh, 8th grade movie. Like, okay. But there's this Asian-American character in it. She looks looks like, you know, me and all my friends. (laughs) Let me play it. And so I gave it a shot, and I was just like, wait. Is this movie just, like, really trying to, like, do this right now? Because I'm about to cry, and it's only, like... 45 minutes in. (laughs) Like, it's not the end yet. And so, like, it just caught me by surprise. Um, And it made me kind of be more interested in just, like, Alice Wu, I guess, in general. Because, yeah, Saving Face, I don't know, I should recommend it, too, I guess. Um, It's a really good film about family dynamics, tradition, and, like, cultures and how the melding of the two can sometimes be complicated and you know growing up as a kid I wasn't born in America and so I kind of had to deal with that stuff so it was very nice to kind of have a perspective where it's showing yours so you don't feel so isolated or like alienated from the communities that you're in. I think
0: that was brilliantly stated um i'm glad you picked this film because i'm not a person that typically watches coming of age or like romantic comedy type films and i wouldn't really necessarily label this film as like a rom-com or like just a coming of age just because it's just like a multitude of things and it definitely plays on those tropes and conventions of like Romantic comedy and coming-of-age dramas, but uh, it's a good blend of both. And I like that even from the very beginning, the film already lets you know what kind of movie it is or what kind of story it is by saying, hey, this is not a love story. And I really like that off the bat because um, it already gives you that expectation. Like, okay, it's not going to be like a, any kind of rom-com that you watch nowadays in Hollywood, and it's going to have a happy ending, and they're going to live together and live the rest of their lives together, you know? And I really love that about this film. And it's very different.
1: If it's not a love story, though, can I just ask you guys, like, what do you think kind of movie it is?
0: I,
4: after hearing you say I was thinking that, too, when I was watching it. Because uh, first thing she said, I was like, okay. So I, the first, like, five minutes, I was like, oh, this is going to be, like typical rom-com but then she's like it's not a love story and after watching it I feel like it's more like a relationship com if that makes sense yes of like the importance just of like friendship relationships and, and yes. relationships with anything like her uh, Ellie and her dad or Ellie and Paul it's more so like a friendship thing like I just it more even uh, her and I'm sorry what was uh, Aster Aster sure. Yeah, Aster and her and Ellie's relationship. It was just more... Yeah, I feel like it was more focused rather than love. It was just focused on friendships. And
0: it, I think it's like... To springboard off that, it's like the, the idea of multiple loves or like what is love because their whole the whole movie is centered on the idea of what love is. And everyone's trying to define the idea of love. Like what is love? Like can we explain it? How do we explain it? How do you express it? What do you say about it? and yeah i was thinking the whole time like well love is multiple things you mm-hmm. know the uh the word lust can also be derived from love because lust is a different kind of love and i think everyone is feeling their own type of love for one person and we don't really entirely know what that is it could be platonic love it can be romantic love it can be all these different things and i think you hit a really good point about relationships and friendships and even her relationship with her dad, like I love that how that was sprinkled in, you know, it added so much to the
3: film.
1: And like bouncing off of that, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know about you guys, but I'm in my I'm in my twenties and late twenties now I guess. And I've been going through a period of time where I have to kind of assess the relationships that I've made And I'm realizing how much effort and energy it actually takes to keep a good bond in a relationship or like just a really close relationship with someone. And this film kind of gives you an idea of how much of a toll it can take when you invest that much time, effort, and energy into a person. And so it's almost like a good cautionary tale of like, hey, before you love, Something. Love it tenderly or something. I'm yeah. not quite sure. Yeah, because sure.
0: the film even mentions like love love isn't just about like effort and hard work. There are other things that go into
2: loving somebody, right? Um one thing that I really appreciated about the film itself was just how many references there were to different philosophers. And their teachings, for instance, right off the bat in the beginning, like we see, we see Ellie writing uh, essays on Plato's um, definition of love, and like there's this one little, uh, there's this one concept that she brings up, which is formerly known as Diotima's ladder of love, also known as Plato's ladder of love, where he describes the various forms um, as if they're different rungs on a ladder, and. So I just like want to briefly gloss over the the six. The first one is known as the love for a particular body, which is the love of desire or desire for physical features. Um, For instance, individuals tend to get attracted to what is, what they lack on their own body. The second is love for all bodies. So it's not only your own, but like for everyone else's bodies, but that's all purely topical. And then the third is love for souls, which is where you go beyond the flesh and you genuinely appreciate the personality of, of a whole person as they are. And then a love. the fourth is love for laws and institutions, which is for practices, customs, derived for people who generate like their own soul from that sort of thing. And then the fifth is love for knowledge. And then the sixth is love for love itself, which is like creating art for art's sake. Um, I think that this movie does a very great job at um, really grounding the conversation around what love is and not fluffing it up with um, all of these esoteric terms or philosophical um, points and just different agendas. It, it genuinely just explores it just for the sake of exploration. And that's one thing that I really appreciated about this movie. That was like my initial impression on it.
1: Yeah, just the encouraging part of it where it's like you're allowed to explore whatever you like. You may like this person now, but then again, you can grow apart or, like, move into different towns again and, you know, find new love later, and it it's very symbolic in that way, and I just kind of... I think part of the reason why I recommended it and liked it so much was because of just how much it relates to me you know like growing up as a queer Asian lady it wasn't the most accepted thing I guess and to see like movies like this it still kind of shocks me because I don't know about you but being different makes you feel alienated um And growing up, I felt very alienated. And to see films like these, they make me feel like I'm a part of the community and that I am visible. And that, you know, I'm clearly just as much of a part of it than anybody is. And I think that's why I kind of wanted to recommend it. I don't know.
5: (laughs) I wanted to preface my opinion on the film with acknowledging the vulnerability that Kaylee has taken on, in recommending this film, or just any of us when we recommend a film, there's a certain aspect of vulnerability we expose. And I, I think you guys would like this, or this is a film I enjoy. Saying that Kaylee knows my love for her is unwavering, I really did not enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. I, I, it did not go nearly far enough in anything it was doing, and it just insulted me. It just. I'm still very upset about the whole film experience I had watching that. Mm-hmm. I I wanted a lot more, and it didn't do anything. Give I felt it like you. it didn't do anything. Um, it it's yeah. So let me add on to this though. I appreciate the fact that
2: you are like
1: anti it.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> you, like although like you are not afraid of like sharing how you feel about it right now. Oh yeah. and that's what I really appreciate. But that's, please go on. Guys. I that's why I I. I
1: You've been quiet and I've no, been I watching appreciate,
2: you. I appreciate this <laughs> counterpoint because it's, it's entirely valid. That's been simmering. Yeah. It's entirely valid. Seething inside. Yeah. And not only that. I have problems with it too. Yeah. So yeah
1: we
4: haven't really here.
2: got into it.
1: So. It's not perfect by any means but I think by you talking about your like points it gives us like a way to kind of open our brains a bit more and learn from you because yeah, we can be so set in our own like perspectives
2: yeah it could end up being like an echo chamber
1: exactly and maybe like you speaking out on how much you don't like it will open me up into like better films pat because sometimes i like really trashy movies and i'm like straight up trash <laughs> like
3: i, <laughs> I, no, no, I like watch no, you
1: no like i straight up watch we
2: we did a podcast on top secret yeah like (laughs) (laughs)
1: like,
3: (laughs) it was not it was 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 not and we loved it
1: (laughs) (laughs) and so like please I would love some insight as to why like you don't like it
5: Okay, it was it was very. I and I of the reference like I've recommended like lesbian fiction, uh, more Japanese centric.
1: Yes, and even Yuri's.
5: in this, in the, yeah, in this film, there's a hot spring episode. There's a hot spring chapter. <laughs> that was the inspirations are there and the groundwork's there. Like, I I want to like this, that's a I do, Eva
2: moment right there. Yeah.
5: I, <laughs> I do like this stuff, but it just doesn't go. It doesn't go far enough anywhere it needs to, and the fact that it's so recent, twenty twenty. And the it fact that it's being that bankrolled end. by Netflix, and the style is completely lacking, especially coming off a film like Confessions, where it's Confessions ooze style, camera tricks, whatever editing. This is a, this film felt the safest it felt and that felt like it was betraying its message, and that piled on my dislike of the film. Where it just kept, yeah. Every time I didn't do something, or I felt it didn't go far enough, it felt like it was stacking onto itself more reasons for me not to like it.
1: I can definitely agree with you on that because recently I saw a portrait of a lady on fire, yes. and that is a straight up like. I can argue this any day that it's a straight up masterpiece. Okay, that's great, that's great. and like after you see that, like the, the contrast, it's definitely not the same impact here, you yeah. know, and.
5: I get that it's like different. It is more young adult oriented and all that, but it's yeah. like you could still explore. Like I felt it failed that the basic themes was going for like Phil and Emily's relationship. That didn't land at all. Phil was very second seated, much like Esther Paul, was second Paul? seated. Wait, was it Paul, Paul or Phil? Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul. I'm sorry.
3: Wait,
5: was it Paul or Phil?
1: I think it's Paul. I
5: think it's Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul, and Paul Munsky.
1: Oh onesky. yeah, yes. Yeah. But I almost like they famous sausage taco. That like strange, like a paw. You know, like.
4: I think paw. they. they yeah. I think they captured the essence of being a teen. Yeah. Good.
3: Yes. At least. <laughs>
4: like yeah. But Except th- for Paul, like his <laughs> acting. I'll say right now, I did not like Paul as an actor. They're not gonna lie. Name.
2: He he won me over in the end, dude. Yeah. He did. did. Oh wait, hold up, hold up. We can't talk about that. Spoilers, spoil shit. <laughs> shit. Damn it. Anyways, um, hey, we didn't spoil anything. But yeah, you- we did a good
3: job. But
5: even even the characters didn't land for me. The structure, like even Paul, he's like a he's he's Forrest Gump levels ish especially there's like direct, there's like the football reference not reference but like they do recreate stuff and you think during the setup of the film you got Emily who's the smart thinking about philosophers and what love means and then you have Paul who's the pure he know he knows what love is because he feels it yeah. and you want them to come together and even if they don't get the girl their friendship is what the film's about that's what I was expecting the first five minutes that's what I was hoping for too and it tries to land that but Paul felt so underwritten esther felt so underwritten and just the level of writing and the characters like uh trig he's played for laughs but if you're if you're to take the same premise and really explore the themes more make trig he's an attractive upper class white kid in this small town america he can be the primary antagonist and like the source of true like he's he's what that he's what emily has to go against yeah, You can build him up properly instead of it just being the pun of jokes. You can build Paul up in that he may not have the yeah. book smarts, he may be misplacing his love, but he has a great capacity of love, and then he loves Emily as a close friend. And the film just... Five minutes oh. in, I saw the structures coming, and I wanted it to land some of those things, and I just felt it didn't land any of it. Well, I
0: mean, I guess maybe the film isn't about like the external struggle, because... I feel like the film is a lot about, like, her internal conflict, about how she loves this girl, and when she is first, um, I guess, bargained with to take on this endeavor to, like, r- you know, pretend to be Paul, write this letter, but, like, before she accepts it, uh, he's gonna pay her, right? So, at first, she has, like, this moral code, like, I'm not gonna pay anything over $20 for, to write an essay for you, and he's like, no, it's to write a romantic letter, and, you know, the first time she accepts it, like, it's over money. Mm-hmm. And that is, the, like, the external, I guess, conflict of the story. Oh, she needs it for her family. She needs it for her dad. We all love, like, he um, uh, has his own personal back history into why he needs money. But, um, yeah, like, I, you do make a good point. Like, he didn't make a, a, a literal antagonist in the film.
5: But, I mean, it's just... Trig was just an example. Like Ellie herself, she feels underwritten as well. Her internal conflict doesn't we get a graduate esque scene where she finally yells out in front of in the church. Yeah. And it's just but it just felt so unearned. It felt like we hadn't spent enough time with Ellie. We I didn't feel I was seeing her internally or externally grappling with her attraction to Esther to her desire to form. It's funny. It seems like she
4: didn't know that uh, she seems I like mean, she doesn't know love at all. I don't have this perspective, but from me looking at it, it didn't seem like she knew she was like attracted or to in
3: the
1: first place to
4: other like other females. And then yeah, it kind of just really didn't.
5: But then we touch her or elaborate
4: out. on you know that yeah. going through that. You know, I mean, because the, wor- <laughs> the world we live in. You know, I mean. There's always, there's obviously going to be. I'm sure there's a mental. Sh- I mean, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm but, sure there is. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. You didn't. They didn't really touch on that
3: on the, I the film. Like, I
1: think you guys are bringing up a good point. Like a lot of my issues with the film is the fact that it's so stereotypical. Like I had to get past that to enjoy the film. I had to kind of like mentally block that part of like the whole casting and like. It's a bit silly. I hate to say it, you know, like I still enjoyed the film and I appreciate what it's trying to do, obviously, um, by recommending it and like giving it a larger audience somehow. But yeah, there's still issues with the the film and there's big ones and I'm glad we're having a conversation about it because as filmmakers, I think it's important to address these issues and make sure that we don't make the same mistakes. Um... Because I truly do want to make better films for the queer community one day, or just want better films for them. And they deserve better.
5: Yeah, that's why I think <laughs> I'm trying to express a reason why I really didn't like this film is because it felt like it wasn't doing a service to the community. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, I think it's funny you say that because I felt the exact opposite. I totally relate to Ellie. I thought there was so much development with her. I thought the uh, performance by um, Leia Lewis as Ellie Chu was so well realized, at least to me, because I saw so much of myself in her. I felt like that kid where, like, people look to, like, hey, yo, bro, like, let me Can look at you your my homework, math from homework from last night. Yeah, yeah exactly. like, yo, man, like, give me your paper or whatever. Like, um, hey, man, I have just have trouble with this girl. Or, like, hey, like, I need help with something. I totally felt like I was her because... She was obviously smarter than most people. And a lot of people look at her and they either make fun of her or ask her for help.
1: And you know what's crazy? When I was in high school, and I think part of why I liked this movie was because of my attachments to, like, my memories and how this whole thing played out. And then, yeah, like, my life was very similar where I remember my best friend liked this girl, and we liked the same girl. And so I couldn't say anything. And so I felt exactly the way she felt. And other than that, that's the only reason why I like that movie. <laughs> yes. And, like, I wish I could, you know, praise it for, like, its DP like moments, but there was none of that. It was
2: all very lackluster.
1: It was very yeah. Netflix. Yes, yes. I'm just gonna say they that have out a look. there.
2: They have a look. Netflix
1: yeah. has mm-hmm. a contemporary, like, cookie cutter. I wanna be, like, in the middle ground of PG thirteen and rated M, like <laughs>
5: <sighs> that's why I, that it's edgy, yeah, edgy. <laughs> but it, it's it that's it, it gives like a resentment in me, like in my core. Yeah. I really it's hate like, it. It's, it's like, like what do you take me for? Some kind of fool? Like, Corporate, they're, yeah, they're corporatizing the community in the aspects where I want to like this film. The gr- there's there's great groundwork there, mm-hmm. but it just feels like Netflix came in and just checked yeah, off just stuff like, on the script, or yes. just you can't do experimental mm-hmm. framing. Well I mean keep, but it, flag, but, keep it but like kind of
3: yeah. the understandable <laughs> yes. we, we understand like, this, this, this film
0: isn't like taxi driver it's not like
5: but why can not it
0: why can not it be why
1: can it be yeah it could no, have
0: but easily it's been. But, but especially it's, in the location but it could, it's, it's like I thought it was its own thing it's its own thing it's 2020 like this I didn't to me I thought the dp work was fine it was okay like it didn't need crazy like transitional shots or it didn't need like Ambitious, like scenes. It, that's not what it was. But I think about the idea of like love.
1: That's where like our filmmaker brains kind of give like some yeah, because, spice to this podcast. Yeah,
3: because it's
5: <laughs> like the to the normal audience. It's like they. It looks fine to yeah, them. Yeah, it's like yeah. why would they care? But like, not that stands out for being bad. But that's a part of what's wrong.
4: Like with burning, it. like burning, or. Confessions, like it's just like they go for it. Like yeah. there's like they take risks, and there's just shots that you see that, like even to somebody who isn't someone like us who got a degree in film, they see that shot and they're like, wow. Whereas I feel like if you're a regular person who just goes to the movies and whatever, you know, just watches movies, it just kind of
1: yeah,
5: you experience. Yeah, you it don't
4: just think about it just not over your head, but you don't it doesn't pop. Yeah.
1: Like multiple, it's really and not, not that it's
4: bad because it it
2: still, it was good cinematography. There was definitely mm-hmm. great shots in there, but yeah, like it was solid, but it mm-hmm. felt safe.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like
2: I think you're totally like right about it, though. Where it's like, for certain movies where they actually go out on a limb to define like the voice that they have within, like it just creates all the more distinct and like, um, unique impressions that it leaves upon the person because it it. It doesn't have any expectations towards them. It's like, hey, here is this, what I feel at my core. Do with it what you will. It's not trying to filter it out to try and make it more accessible. It does what it's intended to do. Whereas with this movie, it felt very safe and um, taking precautions. But I appreciated the fact that it was able to... Like, I, I appreciated what what it was going for. Yes. Do I think that it embraced its entire potential? No. No. Far <laughs> no from why. no. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I definitely get what you're saying, though, Pat, because it, it's all entirely valid. That's the thing. And I wish that I was wrong about it. Yeah. Like, I wish that I could sit here and, like, debate with you about, like, this movie actually being, like, this groundbreaking film that isn't afraid to go there but i can't like yeah. i'm in, i'm in full agreement with you like i i think that i appreciated it it was an entertaining movie it was nice i enjoyed the sense of humor and i enjoyed like a lot of things about it but at the same time i was like okay so you're taking the easy way out when it comes to this like especially with aster
1: and like, honestly ugh. i hate to say it but a lot of films nowadays are taking the safe route like mm-hmm. I kind of briefly mentioned Mulholland Drive earlier and honestly I was going through like films in my head like what could I recommend to these guys like Mm
3: -hmm.
1: like to watch and I was just like you know what let me fucking throw out the half of it because it seems like nobody's seen it and Mm -hmm. it's kind of just like left in the dust and like it's a sleeper whatever but, like, yeah, Mohan Drive takes a fucking risk. Where <laughs> it goes there. Portrait of a Lady on Fire Ooh. goes there. Like, Tomboy goes there. Like, this is, like, flatline, mediocre, imagine me and you.
0: So do you think it's, I'm like, coming the, the disney Fight version? It's the Netflix.
1: It's, it's the kind of Netflix. Netflix version. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and that's my main problem with it. it, is the fact that it's a Netflix film. Yeah. And... <sighs> Netflix has this brand now where it's cookie cutter gone girl bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: it totally is. Oh my no god. Fence,
1: but oh. like just why do I know like, that not to shit on Netflix cuz I do subscribe.
2: Yeah. yeah. Man, I think we all have. Yeah. yeah if you want to, you know, spy.
1: But like come on, man. Like you no. can make better films like in this era with the technology that we have. Yes. And just,
2: or it's like the why not? Why exactly, not go there? Fuck it! Yeah, you know?
5: everybody thinks this type of
1: shit. But like, and like,
2: we need to explore I it.
5: Explore all day. <laughs> but yeah, it's like yeah. Watching this, I got a feeling like, what if Netflix got Boys Don't Cry? Oh, Ooh. how bad would they neuter that? And that's why I feel like it's a disservice. <sighs> and that's why it. I have nothing against the director. I great. I looked up Saving Face. Me and Kayla were talking about, about that prior, and that film's premise has me more. Like, I want to look at that one now because it's saying multiple things about, as well as similar things to this film. And I have nothing but respect and admiration for the director herself. It's just, I feel like corporate entities or Netflix itself has come in and taken out anything the film may have had that may have pushed the envelope or brought greater, just a greater contribution than what the film itself is to the community.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we're having this conversation because. If we do own up to it, we are the future of filmmaking. And, like, <laughs> we have to take into account these things where we have to say no to, like, people like Netflix. And be like, no, screw you. I'm going to explore my creative ideas and run with it. I'm, I don't care about the corporate or, like, the media aesthetics that you already are expecting from me.
2: That's, that's so dead on.
1: And, like... I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of happy that you didn't like the film, because now we're having this discussion rather than... Yeah, it than was, like,
2: always going to be talked about, and I'm so like, glad that you, like, brought it into the equation, Pat. It was, like, last week when you were talking about Confessions.
4: I feel like it's just, like, in America, it's, you can't, there's... Yeah. I mean, if you want to make money off a movie in America, you can't make a movie, like... Like, like the rest of the movies we've done podcasts on yeah. pretty
3: much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah.
5: Um, this may be like a personal battle or personal crawl I have or, or nitpick I'm having, but... Yeah. It, it just feels more pronounced with certain films than others. And this is an example of one where I wish it would have just gone the other way.
2: Yeah. Yes. It felt very inauthentic.
5: I mean, like, it felt like
2: it, it was like... a it stemmed from authenticity, but got so lost along
5: the way. Like, I wanted to touch on the groundwork. There's like, there's the LGBT aspect, but Emily Chu's character, her nickname, as well as the visual representation of what the father, father does, they're on the West Coast. He works at a railroad station. There's a deep connection to the Chinese immigrants in the railroad system in the United States. Mm-hmm. The students mock her by saying Emily,
3: or chugga, chug chug chug. Yeah, chugga 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 yeah. when she,
5: whenever she's riding her bike and yes, stuff. Yes. There's, like, the groundwork's there. They're saying something about this, but then everything else doesn't follow up that punchline. It doesn't hit it mm. out of the park.
3: Yeah.
1: It was almost watered down. Like, you can see yeah. it with, like, the palette, the DP work. And I'm sorry. I just...
5: Like, it was, like, an hour in before I saw a shot. I was like, oh, that's good. I you know, go.
1: right? Yeah, well, I kind of have to be nitpicky here, where I'm like, you know, is And honestly, I hate to say this, but it's, like a minority you kind of have the responsibility to like demand what like you want to be perceived as mm-hmm. and this is not <laughs> exactly what you want you know like this is watered down alcohol
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> i think though when it comes to like when it comes to like net just like the umbrella of netflix like i think they did a good job of at least being somewhat Present. Like progressive and because yes. I've seen like I would agree with. I, I've watched a lot of like romantic <laughs> bullshit comedies on Netflix with Abby. <laughs> I'm like, god damn it! <laughs> oh <my> god. <laughs> you got got for the
3: 1499. I'm
4: like, get Another one, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was at least like it was unique compared to the rest. Of, at least from what I've seen on Netflix before. So
1: yeah, I, I think- commend it for that. I think it still carries all of the the good aspects, where it's like, you know, bringing in an audience for the queer community, being you know, bringing visibility for that that stuff in like the East Asian American communities out there, and how we're brought up, I guess. But kind of seeing Saving Face last night, it changed my perspective on this film quite a lot.
5: That's her first film,
1: and yes. that was her first film, and I. Film. Damn, dude. <laughs> I did I didn't expect the reaction that I had. But seeing that film in contrast to the half of it, it was almost like lackluster. Or the half of it almost wow. felt lackluster because saving face goes into this deep psychology of like your mother and daughter relationship. Plus, the complexities of culture trying to grow up within another one. And it's just like, fuck. Like, I wish you would have done that and like pulled it out more for the half of it. And she didn't. Oh, I hate saying that. But she really didn't. And who knows? Like, it could have been Netflix. Fault or we're gonna gonna
4: blame Netflix. Yeah, Yeah. we're just gonna blame
1: Netflix because Alice Wu seems like she has the potential to become like a really great influential filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And it's a little disappointing to see her this way, but I'm hoping that this kind of ignites something in her and she just goes for it where you know, make
2: more movies, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm all behind her like when it comes to like cheering her on to like especially when it comes to her what if she ever decides to create like another movie or anything like that, I'd be totally down to watch it because I definitely can feel the undercurrent for what she's going for and for what her voice is hinting at. And I want to I want her to fully embrace what she's capable of like And this isn't to say that she hasn't, like, to downplay, like, her efforts at all, because this is the first movie I've seen by her. Like, I definitely want to see her, her first movie now, more, now more than ever, really. And, um, I just think that if she is, like, given full support and full creativity, I think that she can definitely bring some movies to the forefront that can i guess create like a nice uh open space to talk about important issues that are going on in the world today because they have a helping hand in what our future looks like
0: so i think uh with that being said should we just give our ratings um before we kind of get get a deeper dive into the film um I like all everyone's opinions. Like everyone seems very different about it, and I feel like I actually really like the film, so I can't wait to like get into more of it. But um, I guess if I were to rate it, I mean I would give it a four out of five stars. Um, I really like this film. Like I think that I I understand everyone's perspective. Like that it could have taken different routes. It could have done more to talk about um, that side of. Alice Chu's character, like her world and like what other aspects they should have gone into. And I think everyone made really great points, but um for me I thought that maybe Alice Chu didn't want to, or yeah, like you guys said, maybe Netflix cut off a lot of things from her. But um I think that for me, like it was more of an uplifting film. It was gave me a lot of hope for love and um maybe it was film for me that I needed at this time because Uh, You know, I'm going through my own struggles, and uh, for me, I relate a lot with Ellie Chu. Like, I want to give every character in that movie a hug, because I really felt like I knew that person. Like, I felt like I knew someone in real life that is, like, that person. And for me, like, I really enjoyed every character. Like, I loved Ellie Chu's character. I loved Paul and, and Aster. Like, I felt like, dang, that is who I grew up with, or that's, like, my friend group. And I absolutely relate with that. So, for me, I give it a four. I know it's, it doesn't do anything dramatic or crazy, but maybe that's not the point. And I think it just did something different compared to typical rom-coms. Or It reminded me of 500 Days of Summer. And that film kind of did something similar. And I think that it belongs in that same vein of like movies about love. And for me, like maybe all that other things didn't matter. And I think, I think that that core part of that story was well realized to
1: me i think i also agree with you on giving it a four i i roasted it a few times not gonna lie but um i still appreciate it for what it does and you know i think a lot of films are kind of a bit like this one where it's just cookie cutter dp work let's just get the story across um but I still appreciate it for what it does because I just, I don't know. And you brought up a good point. Like, maybe it's the film you need right now. Like, not all films have to be, like, different. I'm definitely a bit biased because I did study film and I would like to become a like a filmmaker one day. And so, of course, I would want to see, like, more extravagant, like, DP work or just, like, pushing the envelope but sometimes like a film doesn't need that and if it's easy to understand for people in the mass audiences um just to get it out there you know that's also part of the important messages of what films are like what media is supposed to do for the communities around us Sometimes it's not about the body of work. Sometimes it's about the influence that it can give off. And as much as I have, like, my qualms with it, I think it does a good enough job that it encourages people to kind of step out of their conf- you know comfort zone and express their love for whatever it is. And, yeah, I think it's a solid four.
5: I give it a one point five I just have a hard line stance on that and uh i think and, uh, our reasoning is just to be everything we talk about mm-hmm. during the pre and post spoilers sounds good um
4: i i'm torn between a three and a three and a half um i yeah like i i pre- i appreciate it i actually appreciate it more from. Kaylee and Richie, both your perspectives, because I know you both have a different perspective than us. Um But also, like I think just I don't think it's Alice Choose Falls at all. I'm gonna, like we said before, blame it on Netflix. Like, cause I yeah, like we were saying, the groundwork was there and like it had such good intentions, but I think since it's a Netflix film, it has to fall into that category of you know you have to please just these people who you know like they're not they don't have a film podcast these people just watch movies to <laughs> to watch movies and in that case it you know like like abby really liked it and she's getting in like to someone like us like who like is more so analyzing movies but still like it it's a great movie for someone who likes to watch movies but for for me it was uh yeah it was like a little too stereotypical, but I think it also breaks a lot of stereotypes. Like, I was going to say, like, with Trig, I didn't have a problem with Trig at all,
3: because I think that
4: was one of my favorite parts, actually, is that um, he's almost like, you, you always expect that guy to be, like, the antagonist. Like, but he was just like he actually was a good dude. Like he, like <laughs> he had no idea his girl was like cheating on him with like two other people. Um, he proposed to her. He was just like you know, like they, I think it was a fun play on like the antagonistic like douchey jock. He
5: could sing too. He was a talent show.
4: But um, yeah, I'll give it like a, I'll give it a three and a half out of five. Um, it was, it was a fun movie to watch, I enjoyed it, for sure. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, it's And, like, the relationship
4: as- aspect of it was, was fun to watch, so.
1: Yeah, like, if your goal was to entertain, I, like, it doesn't, a decent job, you know, but, like, pushing the envelope-wise, it's not so great. <laughs> like, let's be honest, you could have done some really crazy shit in there, especially when they were talking about philosophy. I was just like, dude, <laughs> You could put so many symbols and just intricate little tidbits on here, but didn't go for it. And yeah, I do partly think it's Netflix's fault.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna give the movie a three out of five. Uh, the reason is, is because I can appreciate all the different perspectives that have been offered up during this roundtable discussion. And the entire movie i was wanting to like it so much purely just because of the just because of the the entire structure that was being built i can i could fully appreciate it for what it was because it's like here you have these few characters who are marginalized in a way like especially with ellie's uh, father and her and just the way that they're living in this Midwestern town where it's just made up of mostly just like one specific background of people. And for instance, it was talked about earlier with Ellie like riding her bike down the street. And then like, you have these people riding in there and they're like uh, old like trucks from like the sixties and stuff. And they're like calling out slurs to her. And, it's, like, I, I definitely appreciate what you were saying about that, Pat, too, because it's, like, that stuff was so glossed over. It's, so
5: like, they're not even, the groundwork's there for it to be, it's not even slurs, it's just, like, it's, it's a gray area itself, either the insults of, like, is are they just making fun of her last name? Yeah, or are is it referencing the treatment of Chinese immigrants during the building of the railroads? And yeah. It, it feels like it doesn't pick which one it's trying to say, and then it feels, yeah. It doesn't elaborate on it. Yeah, it's
1: a little loose. It needs a bit more authority, right? Where it's, it's like, exactly. I want you to know this. We
2: need like twice as dark. As yes, yes. like which which, which leads the me- theme of this podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, so far, <laughs> so
2: this leads me to like my next point with how I feel about it because um, I feel like there could have been so much potential that this movie had lived up to. Um, I I think especially now during this time where you know there is this pandemic that's going on where people are, you know, being halted from their daily lives of escape and distraction. um, I feel like there's a lot more time for introspection going on right now. And I think that, you know, this movie coming out so recently, especially during this time of profound profound potential for introspection, I think that it could have done a lot of good for anyone who viewed the movie. And I think it still can. And that's why I have hope in it, which is why I'm elevating my original score to a three, because it felt very genuine in its attempt, yeah. but it wasn't allowed the conditions to follow through with what it wanted. And I can fully understand that, especially with, you know, we're all filmmakers here and especially living in the United States. Like I personally can't find any situation to which the stories that I want to tell will be given full support, like I know that I will have to create whatever uh scaffolding there may be to elevate myself to and like others around me to what it is that I want to make at my most authentic self and this movie I felt like it was so stripped away from that, um as was like originally mentioned earlier, and I think that that's a tragedy because it's so I could feel it on an intuitive level where it doesn't even need to be said. I don't have to read any of the background information on this movie or even have a conversation with, um, Alice, uh, is it Alice Wu? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I can already tell, like, as like Tyler was saying, like I blame whatever shortcomings there may be with this movie, on the people who produced it and the people who had more of a voice than the writer and director of it, and I, I, I think that this movie and everyone who worked on it put all their heart into it. Especially with the interpersonal relationships, like it was mentioned earlier. I think Tyler, you brought it up about like um, the relationships between people. Wait, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And like it wasn't a it wasn't a love story about two people. It was about like what was going on in the space in between two people who can even be seen as friends, you know, coming from different backgrounds, like, because I, I definitely appreciated Ellie's relationships with everyone in her life, especially with, um, with Paul, because like the little scenes that they had were, you know, Ellie's riding her bike after she gets yelled at and then all of a sudden like paul munsky's like trying to like run up to her like from way beyond and she's just like going because she doesn't want to have anything to do with him and she's even avoiding him at times and but he's just so he's just so blissful in the way that he lives and she ultimately accepts him for that and i think that that's what this movie is going for It's looking past the original boundaries of love or looking past the first rung of love of uh, the purely carnal attraction and looking at it, you know, wanting to to elevate that ladder, you know, ascend it in a way to where you can truly just appreciate loving someone as they are. Uh, It's mentioned by Ellie's father later on in the movie, but I think that that's what I'm ultimately taking away from it. So, although it didn't live up to what I wished it could have been, I think that, I think it's it's in the attempt that matters most with this movie. And that's why I'm giving it a three.
1: Yeah, And I think as filmmakers, like, we kind of have to see that for ourselves. You know, we have to be honest with ourselves. Like, what do we choose? Um, do we choose to comply with people like Netflix and get our movie made or do we go balls out guns blazing we're gonna make it our own way I don't know like
2: but at what cost
1: though exactly are are people gonna see it if you do decide to make it that way and I think that's part of the complexity complexities of cinema in the modern age is like how far are you willing to go to make sure this is seen And, like, I battled with this before where I had this battle in my head where I'm like, do I want for people to understand what I'm making or do I want to make it my own way? And this film kind of fights that battle, too, and I can see it. I can definitely see it where she's like, I want to do it my own way, or do I want this to be seen by others? And I think, ultimately, at the end, she chose for others to see it. Um,
2: But, just to play devil's advocate, just purely for the basis on playing devil's advocate, what if she was also in on it? Like, what if this is all just projection?
0: You see, see, I think... She was I feel well. like she mm-hmm. yeah. made the movie that she wanted to make. I, don't, yeah. I know everyone else has their own take, and, you know, Netflix could be the blame. And, you know, if you reach this point in the podcast, you should already have seen the film because it's on Netflix. So if you <laughs> haven't seen the movie yet, you should be here because we're going to talk more about it uh, in detail. But.
2: So what you're trying to say is... Uh, I'm in love with her. Have you ever spoken to her?
3: Uh, I'm not good with words
2: but you know you love her.
3: I know. I think about her when I wake up and when I'm doing my sprints
4: and when I'm eating my mom's bratwurst and when I'm saying my prayers. That just means that you're stubborn, not that you're in love. No, it's love. Uh, Love makes you screwy. Don't you get screwy?
3: No.
0: This whole section needs... Oh, that fry thing does sound
3: good. Take modifier.
4: Oh, I get it what Uh, you've never been in love
3: you want a letter about love i'll write you a letter about love
0: why don't make her fall in love with me don't make her storm off in a huff like what you're doing right now for me like i feel like this is what she wanted to make um i feel because i looked up that um this film was uh like on a blacklist ever since like at least 2018 um to be chopped around like uh to distributors and producers like who wants to make this movie because this is one of the better like strips around and you know like netflix is taking more risks nowadays and mm. netflix has made a lot of original stuff and not all of them are the same and i i feel like i've seen enough netflix originals where like i don't see why netflix would want to restrict alice Wu of her own vision when they have Like, they have different kinds of property that, like, uh, for instance, Daredevil is one of the most, like, mainstream properties that they have, but they took him to a level where, like, it became more adulterated, it became more mature, and it felt like a more prettier Batman series, and so, like, if they wanted everyone to, like, appeal to their audience, they would have made that film more family-friendly, which it was not at all, and I think that half of it did just enough... We're like hey we're not trying to like be totally dark or totally political or about anything really it's just a uh, a story about love and this girl's place in the world and her identity and her not realizing what those even mean and i feel like i relate to that because i feel like i was there at that time in my life when i when i was her age you know like i didn't know about any of that stuff i still needed to learn from other people and um and that's my opinion. You know, she didn't have a mother in her life. She only had her dad. And the only way for him to cope during her transition in life is through film. And he doesn't just watch American or Hollywood films. <clears throat> he watches French films. He watches, uh, I think, I believe he watches Bollywood films yeah, too. Yeah. And I'm Bollywood like, films. wow, like, that's great. Like, I wish that my family did the same thing. Like, yeah. I would, that would totally be me when I'm, like, you know, 50 years old. Like, I would show all my kids, like all these classic films I grew (laughs) on, and, like, you know, like, that helped me get over, you know, my love, and, like, how I lost my wife, and I think that a lot of those attributes about the film, like, for me, it uplifted me, and I think that it's a different enough film that I'm glad Netflix did it, because who would do it, hulu amazon would they take on this kind of film and what i have what i have seen it if it was on any other um streaming service and i'm not sure about that so i'm glad that netflix did it and maybe saving face is a different film like totally when it came to like taboo subjects and this film somewhat touched on that but like that was enough for me to like be interested
1: and I guess I have to ask you this as like, filmmakers, because all of you guys are filmmakers um, like how far would you be willing to go to commercialize your own film? You know? Like,
2: Ooh, Kaylee that's, asking that's, the
1: hard-hitting question. Like, that's the hard part because I've definitely like considered that when I'm writing scripts like, I do I tone it down so it's easier to understand for the audience or do I go full force gibberish (laughs) you know like um it's part of what you have to consider and that's the tricky part of this whole industry I guess like how much are you willing to give to get and some films do it magically you know and some films they kind of have to fight that battle and I think Ultimately, it's up to the filmmakers to decide, like, what kind of industry you would like to align yourself with. And I definitely agree with you with, yeah, would I have seen it if it wasn't on Netflix? Probably not. Um, But that's the choices that you have to make as a filmmaker, you know, like sacrifices. I wonder how much sacrifices she had to kind of edit out. Because of Netflix. And I would like to say it's, you know, all of her work. But then again, like, who's to say that? Because we can all write scripts on our own and have it be our own work. But when the crew comes in, when the budget comes in, when the location comes in, all of that shifts, too. We have to consider that. And sometimes a film is ultimately successful and sometimes it's mediocre and sometimes it's just horribly bad and I think that's what we have to live with we get options as a culture and that's so refreshing Like, thank god we get to appreciate films and not like them and we get that option and we're not just like so narrow minded I guess and have this like perspective where like oh this film is so great Because as a kid, all Disney movies were great to me, you know, and I didn't have this. And I guess I'm just happy to have this feeling again of not liking a film, liking it, feeling joyful after it, or feeling upset. I think that's ultimately what films are, right? It's like this weird thing that we run to and... We're on our weird bullshit. I guess I don't
0: know. I think you bring up a really good point because, like, I don't have a huge barometer to compare this film to. Like, I don't see a lot of films about Asian Americans in general, and the only other film I can compare to is like *Better Luck Tomorrow* by by Justin Lin
1: or *Joy Luck Club*. Yeah, *Joy Luck Club*. (laughs)
0: Like, those are all like Asian, like about the Asian American experience. And so, like, I guess because of that, like, I don't really have, like, all these other romantic comedies or coming-of-age dramas that have similar experiences for me to compare it to. So, like, I can only think of, like, what, 500 Days of Summer, like, that's a rift on the comedy genre. like the romantic comedy. And at least this film, like, it's not like that at all, and maybe that's the reason why I like it more, because there isn't, like, a huge barometer for it for me to like say oh well it's kind of like it's better than that film but at least but then again yeah. i don't get a lot of films like this i mean am i the only one here no <laughs> like,
4: i i, was no, gonna I say, definitely don't
1: get any films like this.
0: you don't ever like
4: it's it's rare to see like a film about um she's you know like china. an asian yeah, yeah she's from, a, a she's girl from like, china growing up yeah, as an asian-american that's just yeah. not a, that's not an american movie plot line at right. all whatsoever so like what you were saying before with the uh, what we would do as filmmakers to show your film as Alice Chu I I probably, probably would have do done anything probably do the same anything. thing right yeah, yeah. would have done anything even for even for me as myself like I damn near would probably sacrifice anything to get a a
3: Netflix. movie
4: made by me on Netflix like mm-hmm. just to you know get your name out there in the industry and stuff so there's no knocking, uh... For me, personally, that's how I am. Like, yeah. I mean, it's either, you know, like, I've... That's a... I've heard of, like, other people. There's, like, this rapper. I remember from Thomas. He was, like, one of my favorite rappers growing up. And he got an offer... This is rumors, but he got an offer from, uh... uh Warner Brothers to be, like, a ghost writer. And make, like a lot of money but he didn't want to do it and he said he would make more money you know uh, selling CDs out of his car and so he didn't take the deal so yeah that's just like I guess it's like I don't know it's it's just how you look at it if you're like selling your soul I guess it just depends on what your project is and what you're originally trying to go for and what it ends up being
5: I wanted to counter that with if, like I get what you're saying about just getting your name out there like getting the Netflix production under your belt mhm but if you just make something that's cookie cutter, they're not gonna take yeah. you for but your if, film. Exactly. If you're feels... just gonna be the next Netflix guy, you're not gonna be yeah. making your own film. You don't wanna uh,
4: I guess jeopardize like your career yeah. or like put yourself in a box.
5: Like, it won't be a Tyler film from the yeah. outside, it will be a Netflix C film. So I and think You just... won't get hired ever to build a Tyler film, which mm-hmm. is what we all wanna see. That's what I feel about the subject.
4: For sure. So I guess it's just something I guess that you would have to gauge and, uh,
2: yeah, that's just a
0: tough decision.
4: No, you know, yeah.
2: Like mm-hmm. I think definitely, yeah.
0: Dang, I'm so surprised because,
4: I like. I don't know, I, I,
2: like I, like I, I room, still feel yeah, really happy
0: from the film. Like, I l- like the character Paul. Like, he's totally someone that I felt like I knew in high school. Like, someone who's just totally kind of, like, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Like, he didn't understand his own feelings or his own awareness about, like, what he's going to do trying to pursue this girl. Like, this popular girl in his high school. And, I don't know. Like, I felt like that fit the modern age. I felt like Aster is someone who is aware of her own, like, upbringing and her own, like, popularity and that like I don't know if she just made an Instagram she would be an Instagram model somehow or but, like <laughs> like she knows that she's being watched yeah. by everyone and that community is totally religious they are uh, Christians I believe right that that was another low
5: hanging fruit I really like it's such it's so easy pop out it's so <laughs> but I did the, think second that the because... preachers on the front yard yelling it's like okay I it's so easy just to... But, like, I've, I've met some people who are extreme Christians. No, yeah, they people like And they
0: that. totally believe that people who um, are homosexual should go to hell. No, yeah. And, they, and they've been blatant about that. Like, The Last of Us Part 2, when that came out, I I spoke to someone, like, randomly online. And they were like, Oh, I didn't know this movie is about the actress Ellen Page, like, her orientation. But, like, if, if that character goes that route where, like... If they feel like they're not man and woman, then she's gonna go to hell, and that and that scene came up, and yeah. I thought I was like, "Dang!" That but is
5: yeah, but speaking from really it, I, I have a cousin who I grew up with who is now gay, and he served in the military. He served. He's a he's a successful person now, and me and him still talk about the internal struggle he feel not feels but. In our own family, there's people who are like that, who are strongly devout and don't recognize same sex couples. And me and him have those discussions about, like, why do they feel that? or But those people in our lives are more realistic than anything in the film, the half of it. They're not standing on the front yard yelling about the demons inside the spirits of the ghosts of the past. They're not. It's comical, is what she's doing with that thing. And that's why I felt like such a cop out. It's not. Just like Trig and Astor. They may be modern. They may seem real, but they 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 still feel very surface. They don't feel complex. Like uh, Aster, her character, she still says yes, or she looks pro. She looks prosed at the very end to say yes to Trick's proposal, and that feels like I. Why have I not seen that? Like, I get that she feels complacent in her life, but like, am I supposed to like this character? Is she supposed to be? if she's just going to accept this now she yeah, she I mean, she, she expresses disdu- disliking her but she, she feels like it's sound though.
0: Like she's like everyone around her, whoever is her role model, is going to tell her what to do. Like she lives in a, such a small bubble that like she's gonna have all these people that are like be speaking over her and telling her like what her best option in life yeah. is. And I feel like in that community, like it's like that for her. Yeah. And all eyes are on her, and all eyes aren't on Ellie Chu. And I think that's why like I want Astrid to overcome herself. Yeah. But she doesn't. <laughs> Well, I mean, we don't exactly know no, that because right, we yeah. don't know what don't, she's going to do, like, in the next two years. But we get like, At all. least we get kind yeah, of an open-ended, yeah. you know, arc mm. with her and Ellie where, like, she doesn't know. I mean, we don't even know what she wants. Like, she doesn't want Trig, but, like, she knows he's, like, okay as a person. And, like, she thinks the same as Paul. Like, he's safe, like, to be around. Like, but we don't know entirely, like, what she knows about love and like what she sees it as and how that's going to propel her in the future. Yeah. But I wish
3: yeah.
5: I wish it'd been written in <laughs> that stuff. And
2: I think um on that note of love uh we're going to all be um I mean if you've seen the movie already uh <laughs> you noticed the drink that uh Ellie that Ellie always refers to which is uh, called a uh, Yakult Ye- Yakult yeah, which don't. which is a a, a probiotic drink <laughs> that um, <laughs> Our immune systems are going to be fire. After
0: this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's healthy for you.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's a drink. Uh, where, where is this Where is this from? Like, where did it originate from? I think it's like Taiwan, Taiwanese or Chinese.
1: I don't know, but I uh, drank you know, it like as Japanese. a kid. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like yeah. Japanese so for, for, for a lot of people, this drink served as like, uh, you know, a staple of their childhood. And in homage of uh, the half of it and for the spirit of it, we are all drinking our very own Yakult drinks. So uh, yeah. Uh, cheers everyone. Cheers. Let's go. <laughs> nice
5: you know what? Cheers to <laughs> our gut. <laughs> it tastes like it's good for you. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a sponsorship from not, like, a,
1: <laughs> not like this movie. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs>
0: you can do you can do the voice.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey
2: so uh, you know for all of uh, you people who work at Yakult, if you uh <laughs>
4: This actually is not bad. bad yeah, I, 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 I,
2: like I think it. you're right. It it is, is, I doubt it. It tastes like it's good for you. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
5: it, tastes it
3: tastes like, like medicine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it tastes like they say it's good for you, and it's not at all.
0: You guys are crazy. You know, maybe it's because I grew up like this movie, I grew up like Ellie True. I just down the whole thing because I know. How no, it was good. Is. It
1: tastes.
5: It, it tastes but... too good to me. <laughs> For it to be good for me, yeah. <laughs> just
3: like the movie
1: was too good for Netflix. I don't think
5: I, th- I don't think cool is a strong enough voice for the gay community. I feel it does a disservice. <laughs> but, but to
1: kind of, um,
5: I guess go, it's too gay for you, Patrick, or not gay enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do have to give credit to Patrick. He did. Send me Yuri's, and I did not know what the hell Yuri's were. No, I love the genre. I love the
5: genre. That may be why I'm so pessimistic about this
3: film itself.
1: I appreciate that you're pessimistic about this film, because I'm obviously biased. Like, my upbringing and all this shit, like, me being queer, I'm completely fucking biased, dude. Any, like, queer-related shit, I'm all for it. Like, it could be, like, straight-up trash, and I'll still be, like, salivating over it. And that's kind of why I kind of wanted to mention this film because I know I'm not the only queer person like that, um, and I hate that it's underwhelming and it almost relied on the philosophical ideas that it brought out rather than going in depth through its to, through its characters rather than like throwing out philosophical ideas that were already broadly recognized, you know. I get what she was trying to do with that by making her more relatable in that way. But it just didn't punch you in the gut the way you wanted it to. I just remember this part where she talks about this Greek philosophy about... Oh, like, what if humans were split up by the gods because they were deemed too powerful? And I just thought that was such bullshit. Because... It's almost contradicting what she wants to say. It's like this film about this individual queer Asian-American woman who's trying to make herself this individual, and yet she falls for this trope of falling for a girl that Do you think is th- the most... Well, is, is she falling for a trope, though?
0: Because like at the end, I felt like not only is she... Um, developing this relationship with Aster, but with Paul as well, and with her dad. Like, it's not... Love isn't just about one and one other person. It's about, like, the many faces of love.
1: And I think the end does that, but, like, the bigger half of the film, like, has to do with her infatuation with with Aster. And I almost wanted Ellie to be this individualistic character, and she does at the end, they both do, they all do, um if we're being honest, but just the context of the bigger part of the film like fell short, you know, like it almost mm-hmm. was like at the end, was like, okay, be yourself, and that's not what I wanted. <laughs> it's like, I wanted more in-depth overview of what this philosophical idea meant to this complex character that we're trying to show, rather than, here's a philosophical idea that is relating to the situation that this character is in. It was very much shallow, and I still give it a four because I'm just like a softy, but... Like, I wish it went there, and it could have been so much better and more impactful. And I think that's what Pat is trying to get at. So I get your resentment, because I should feel the same way. But like I said, I'm completely biased.
5: Mm -hmm. I I wanted to say, we do see Ellie. I can't deny that it does happen in the film. Ellie does grow as a character, especially with the relationship with Paul and her own father. But I want to connect that intro part you're referencing with the Greek thought about the uh, two people are one and that was what we were originally. That's why you pursue your love. Mm -hmm. I want to connect your thoughts on that with the ending for Esther where it feels like it's returning to that without... It's pretty... They try to play it open-ended but it's... It looks like they're leaning into the one true love aspect.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
5: And then for me it didn't feel earned. It didn't feel...
1: Which is um, completely against the LGBTQ plus philosophy. And I don't want to speak for the community itself. But at least for me, what it means to be a part of the LGBT community is to kind of be allowed to explore whatever you're into. And explore that part of your sexuality. And to me, that part of it is self-love. And it fell a little bit short. They could have sold that a bit more and... Unfortunately, they brought up this idea of partnerships again, and... Yeah. uh, It was a little disappointing. So do you
0: feel like when we talk about partnerships, we're talking about just one-on-one monogamous relationships? We're not talking about, like, other types of relationships we can have in our lives? I think the
1: film was actually trying to talk about all the different relationships in the aspects of our lives, but... Just... It went a certain way where it almost was too lenient when it comes to, like, okay, we have to find our one true love after all.
2: So I got a few gripes with this movie. Um, I think that uh, we are clear. I mean, we are like knee deep in spoiler territory already. Let's, let's uh, just dive in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why not dive in? Like <laughs> the water's I mean, warm. D- yeah, it's right it's now. nice and comfortable. You know, take it. You know, just relax. The a bit. jets are on. Yeah, just 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 vibe out. Honestly, <laughs> <Those are> cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The Anyways, sure on.
2: like, like you, like you all want to talk about Aster. Let's talk about Aster. And yeah, let's how
1: fucking talk about
2: boring. Aster. She is oh, as a character.
1: Why oh. is it that queers always get typecasted as like liking the boring girl? And well, I've yeah. definitely fallen into that. Just saying.
2: <laughs> like maybe maybe the reason why these people project so much onto this person is because there's so much blank space to project onto. Like, I think that this is poor writing at heart in terms of, like, just having her serve as, like, a vessel for how, um, for...
1: Someone's affection. Yeah, or like... just
2: being an object of someone, of somebody's affection. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that had she been given more screen time or even, um, just a little bit more freedom to roam as a character... I would have cared so much more about Aster as a character. Because when it finally got down to the point of her entire story, where, you know, she's she's uh basically being allowing herself to settle for this mundane lifestyle where she felt like she was escaping from her hometown to visit like this new foreign place to start an entirely like new life, only to find that she is even further on the further down on the rung than she originally started with, and it's like, oh, do I settle now? Because what if I end up uh, going down even further as opposed to ascending? I, I just think that it's so cowardly to resort to that sort of thing, um, and t- I mean, in, even in terms of like uh, Astor's character arc, because uh, that's what she ends up falling into like to have that be her high point as a character. It, it and then to like have it, you know, go to the ending where it's so open-ended of like, oh, well what if uh Aster and Ellie are are the two or like it's it's like the allegory of the beginning of the movie with the you know uh the Greek belief that we search we are in the constant search of of our other half and if we don't find that we're just miserable throughout our entire lives until we find it. Um, I think for her to take on that role, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, Pat, it felt so unearned, like it felt, it's like, okay, give me about like 30 more minutes of of exploring why she's so afraid to embrace who she is at heart, because... I think it even, I think Ellie even mentions it at the end where she's like saying like, oh, well, you know, you're going to be this way. Like if you're already feeling these emotions, it's going to, this is how it is. And she's like, oh, well, I'll see you in a few years. It definitely, it does feel entirely underwhelming to a sense. And I, I, I wanted to like ask her because I mean that entire like spa scene, like that was like what everything had been building up to between her and Ellie as like a a relationship as like an exploration. And it just felt like it it had glossed over too much in between.
1: And I don't even, like, thinking back with the film, I don't even remember why she liked Aster. Like...
2: Yeah, it's like, what what qualities what does she fun? even have? Like, <laughs> like, is she funny? Um, has like, she
1: ever even spoken to you, apart from that one time where she helped you pick up the shit you dropped? Like, oh, I'm sorry. She's hot, and
5: she likes literature.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
3: that's,
5: yeah, that's it
4: all
3: feels, you
5: need. <laughs> it feels coincidental, but they do have the same deep admiration of philosophers, but... emily had no idea of knowing that prior to her helping paul and when they began exchanging information about that stuff
1: but also we kind of have to understand like how do we develop relationships as humans oh yeah i do i yeah i
5: do acknowledge that like um, she may have just been a physical attraction
1: exactly like how does that work and
0: well yeah an astra might have a different way of like developing feelings for people than you know, like, she likes someone who likes to read, you know, who knows her readers. And not everyone's like that. Yeah. And Paul definitely wasn't like that person. He definitely expresses his love much differently. Um, he's not one with words, you know. And I think the film clearly shows, like, what Ellie likes and what um, Astrid likes and how, like, they connected on that level.
1: Do you guys think if you would have watched this film when you were a bit younger, it would have, like been better at all or i, th- I think so i i feel like that because a lot of my problems with it is like my maturity stage where i'm like love isn't just this or you're you know like i've gotten past that and so this film almost wants to communicate that but it doesn't do it all the way, because it has some restraints, you know?
5: How much younger are we talking? Huh? How much younger are we talking? Because five years... Like, ago, I was maybe... To...
1: Like, <laughs> high 18, school. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, like nah, teens. feel nah, nah, the same,
5: probably. Yeah. Like junior high, maybe not.
1: <laughs> yeah, junior high, maybe Because, you know, now that we're a bit older, it's easier for us to kind of assess what love means to us, and... The way Ellie loved certain characters in the film isn't how we would approach certain loves in our lives. I don't know. So
2: so I have an interest... Well, not to, like... Well, I'm going to, like, sidetrack a bit in terms of the movie itself. um, Just in terms of, like, talking about a certain scene. um, So there's a certain scene between uh, Ellie and Aster where they're faced with a blank wall. And they are, you know taking turns at tagging up this place uh each person like egging the other on in terms of like you know getting them to be more vulnerable with one another because there's this one quote that it all leads up to while they're exchanging letters and even towards the end when ellie um has a major out, uh an outcry at the church when um What's his name? Uh, Trig? 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 Like that. He's <laughs> yeah, like that. Trig. Yeah, when Trig uh, ends up basically proposing to Aster, uh, Ellie brings up this quote that was uh, brought up between the two of them, and it says, Love is being willing to ruin a good painting for a chance at a great one. And one thing that I appreciated about the scene that uh, in terms of, like, them uh, egging each other on while uh, tagging this blank wall is the fact that, like, Ellie saw past Aster's mask and knew that, for her, painting is, like, one of the things that makes her who she is. And going back to Ellie's father's quote, um, towards the latter part of the movie, between him and, uh... and, um... Yeah. Between him and Paul is, um, because Paul's having like this huge crisis where he was raised and, you know, believes in God and believes that anybody who has, uh, an attraction that isn't, that isn't fit, that doesn't fit in with his criteria that he was raised on is wrong. And he was talking about how, like how you, you don't want to change the other person. Like you love them as they are. And I I think that this was, like, an important scene because Ellie is getting Aster to reach that point of, I I know that painting means this much to you, and you need to pursue it as best as you can. And Ellie's, like, the only one who recognizes that quality in Aster. And then when Paul, like, tries bringing it up later on in, in conversation of, like, oh, well, yeah, I got your painting... It was pretty. Like, oh, that's all you have to say about it? Like, <laughs> like, you can clearly tell like, just how each character genuinely felt towards the other. And although it didn't match the same wavelength as uh, others, I, I think that there's still some sense of, valid- of validity in it all. Because it, it wasn't afraid to go there with those ph- uh, philosophical explorations. And I think that... As long as, like, it's creating a conversation, it's all I can ask for. Exactly. All I can ask for.
5: I like that the paintings, the first one in the restaurant, has a Georgia Georgia O'Keeffe aesthetic to it, but then the other ones are kind of plain and safe. Mm-hmm. But I thought they were hinting at something with that. So maybe they're laying the groundwork for the reveal, but then, yeah, it doesn't really.
1: And just, like, painting a picture is so symbolic. And just, like, for you to be asked to paint a picture of something... Um, I definitely appreciate the, you know, little intimacies of the films or it's like asking somebody to paint a picture of whatever they want or just stuff like that. I think it showcases a different idea of what love can be because right now we all have our own different perspectives on what love is and sometimes intimacy could be like the little things like that rather than... This whole extravaganza of, like, sex <laughs> like, coming off from, like, blue is the warmest color. No shade. Just saying. <clears throat> just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just taking this opportunity to mention as many, like, films as possible. <laughs> just like. Here's mm-hmm. more for
5: your film! Taylor, you always have a you always have a spot, I'm sure you I feel that way. You are always welcomed. Yeah. Um, you just watch those.
1: <laughs> yeah, like seeing portrait of a lady on fire. Like I wish I didn't see that film before I saw this because <laughs> it just runs over it with like being oh,
4: like a gravedigger esque monster truck round? Pickup truck.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> See, so that's an analogy for boys. Uh,
1: <laughs> dragging it through the mud.
4: I didn't know <laughs> <if> she <laughs> was going to catch that. <laughs> 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 that's
5: rape. Rape. We're going to
4: yeah. need to add a Grape <laughs> Digger clip into the Instagram for this
5: week's post. <laughs> <laughs> it's one for us dudes to get. now. <laughs> I, yeah, I... Yeah.
1: <laughs> because let's compare. Is. Let's be really honest here. If we want to talk about groundbreaking, (laughs) pushing boundaries.
5: I only know couples.
1: (laughs) I know, I only know a couple of films that do that and (laughs) one managed to do so unexpectedly and I was just... I saw the trailers like in the movies and I was like yo, that's holy gay. But when I saw it, I was just like... For portrait. I'm hella gay. <laughs> 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 the movie is hella like, gay. I'm just <laughs> What movie was that? Portrait of Oh a yeah, of yeah, fire.
5: yeah. I love the trailer, I got the same feel.
1: What <laughs> was your
4: guys's What was your guys' favorite scene in the film?
1: When she would ride her bikes. Because I used to always ride my bikes too and When it turned into that one shot where it was an upslope Mm. and it's her trying to pedal through, it was just such a good symbolic visual representation of what she was going through that I was like, I think think
4: my favorite was that like gave me the most joy is when She's out, uh, Ellie and Astor are out on, like, their little hot spring date, and you see Paul and Ellie's dad, and it just cuts yes. with him, yes. smacking the sausage in the bowl. And I'm just like... That's when Paul won me over, right there. That exact cut, right there.
2: I am in complete agreement with you, and the reason is because... They're both just looking at each other, like, throwing the meat in the bowl, and it's
4: just like... Seems so pure.
2: <laughs> the reason why I love that scene so much is because, like, it's 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 quite possibly it's a classic
4: like like girlfriend's dad boyfriend relationship <laughs> clip. Like I've been there, I've done that. I was Paul. I've been Paul right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's like that's like one of my most favorite type of arcs any it's like the undercurrent one yeah. because the entirety of the movie Paul is like trying to get everyone to taste his like his like infamous sausage tacos his
4: taco sausage or- or, yeah yeah exactly yeah
2: and like everyone's like ah, like seems kind of lame but then once Ellie tries it she's like oh wow this is like something you know that could possibly catch on and then later on in the movie uh Paul ends up you know, looking in uh, Ellie's bag and seeing that she's, like, riding out to all these, like, food critics and stuff. And then, dude, Tyler, like, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Like, when it builds up to that moment of, like, Ellie's father, like, showing Paul the way yeah. of, like, like no, this is how you do it. Just, like, boom,
3: boom. <laughs> boom just, <smack>. just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, smack Literally beating like, like, his <laughs> meat <Yeah. laughs>
2: If we're gonna go there. <laughs>
3: He's so like, no, awesome. if
2: you want to make quality, this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, 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 I think that that is, like, that is easily... I'm in complete agreement. That's <laughs> also my favorite scene yes. of the movie. Well, I think
0: because of that, I felt like it was a really wholesome movie. Like, it didn't yeah, have to, handsome. like, make any extremely inappropriate jokes or nothing's too explicit about the film. It's kind of more, like, uplifting and more optimistic I guess and like how Paul is like seeing a new way into developing his own sausage recipe because he's so prideful about like how his family came up with like this sausage recipe and I think that his relationship with Ellie's dad like helped him shape like how he can make his own like recipe mm-hmm. aside from theirs and I think that I totally see that and that's how he got his love for like his pack like the, one of the first things she, ellie asks paul is like well like what does he aspire to be like who is who is he and he talks about how like he's so proud of like this,
1: his tacos yeah, yeah,
0: is. His yeah and he loves that and i i love that part about paul because it's so wholesome to me like dang i wish i was like that simple-minded like it's not a bad trait like it's not he's, it's he's not at like, all he has just a really like forward like Blunt, simple thinking about life, and like if he can just master being good at this recipe, then he'll be successful. Like nothing else is gonna change that.
2: You know what's crazy about that too is that um he purely wants to improve this recipe for the benefit of others, not even like himself. Like he's like, Wow, this made me feel this way. And it feels so great. I just wanna share this with the world. And he's like, if it could be better. I'm, like, willing to learn all the ways to improve upon it. Even if it means, like, upsetting my mom, who is, like, so prideful behind this thing.
1: Isn't it so... Also, interesting that we never got to see Paul's parents' reactions, but we got to see Ellie and her dad's reactions when it came to the taco sausages. I think that
2: does say so much. Oh my gosh. That,
1: like, brings up such a good point on, like, making your own new family when, you know, you're brought up in certain circumstances that you may not agree with anymore. And people do change, and, like, I like that they showcase that. You know, Paul was this random white guy, and yet he's over here serving taco sausages to this, like, random family now, and they're watching movies together, like...
0: Yeah, I mean, she's from China. She and her dad, and they're, like, kind of immigrants, but, like, turning uh, Asian American.
1: Exactly, and that's that's such a good showcase on blending the cultures together,
0: like, her dad, he referenced a film in English, and he referenced it in French. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say, like, the English part of that French movie. Like, he, he referenced so part, it in
1: French. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: like, the same with, like, the film later on. The, uh, I believe it was a Bollywood film, like, romantic film. But, like, um, when she was still trying to find out what love meant, and she was talking about how that guy was still chasing her... <laughs> Uh, After she's leaving in the the train station, she's saying, like, well, he's stupid. Why would he do that? And then um, she sees the reaction from the the lead actress, who's upset. And he's like, well, she seems sad. And she's like, well, she's she's a moron, too. And I'm like, well, yeah. To me, like, I do feel that. I totally feel that. I feel like love is, like, making you do the most moronic stuff just because... You love someone, and you're so willing to be vulnerable with them. You're going to do the most stupid and the most like romantic stuff you think. And it's going to look stupid to anyone else, you know?
1: But also, I think that's the part of it that you kind of crave, you know? Like, that rebellion of, like, how far are you willing to go for this person? You get that freedom of, like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And you get that go. Normally you don't (laughs) and that's the exciting part about it. I just I don't know, this film has brought up so much good just discussions on what a good film is or Mm -hmm. what kind of films we all kind of prefer. It's such an interesting weird (laughs) discussion so far because I think we've touched on like cultural aspects of the film and how it's influenced us also the location like doesn't it yeah it kind of reminds you of a smaller sacramento in- and yeah
2: like it's in Elk grove or something right? yeah like yeah. i
1: can see myself mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. suburb and i'm sure all of us probably can I don't know. Like, any of us could be the Paul Munsky, the friggin' Ellie Chu, and at some point Ben Aster, you know? And it's... It's almost interesting that the film shows that it's almost this shallow bunch of characters. But I also appreciate the fact that there's this, like, kindling underneath that wants to, like go up into flames where just like I have all these ideas like core ideas that I want to communicate it just doesn't grab at you the way you want it to
0: the thing is for me like Ah. it did go up into flames because before everything in that church like everything was great like she was helping him be who he needed to be to like win uh, Aster's heart like she was making moves on him she went up to him and kissed him after um, Ellie's date with her Like, everything was going great. Like, I think that's what what the film was like, this whole idea of a romantic fantasy that we're going to have fulfilled until the mirror breaks at that church. And then you see, like, how upset Astor was because, like, she had her own fantasy and romantic delusions, like, crumble in front of her. Okay. Because this other person... Destroyed it Yeah, entangled her into it. And I think I thought that was brilliant. Like I totally see like Aster's point of view, like why she would be upset and like how she felt like she was living with this invisible self where she could never reveal her true self, and she felt like she was revealing that towards Ellie, aka Paul, or both of them. You know, an amalgamation of the two, and that was all broken and i thought like that was so heartbreaking like that she felt like she can have that connection and then for it to be broken
1: and you brought up such a good point because we do forget about aster a little bit when it comes to the film as a whole mm-hmm. and can you just imagine how many people are just like aster and mm-hmm. they must feel the exact same way where there's just like i am perceived this certain way i have to own up a, a certain way and i oh. can't be myself and that's just. I
2: feel that way, source. It's as
1: difficult yeah. for Ellie, you know? Like, it's a direct reflection just in different circumstances. Same with Paul with his fucking sausages, man. Like, mm.
2: There's this one quote uh, towards the end of the movie, and Paul uh, Paul Monsky, of course, is the one to say it towards uh, Aster when Trigg first proposes to her. And basically his entire speech leads up to this one liner that says it would suck to have to pretend to be not you, your entire or your whole life. And I think that that's what this entire movie is like building up to. It's like, it's having this huge identity crisis of who you feel at your core versus like who you are in the outside world and how others perceive you. And it's like, at what point do you allow yourself to stop compromising uh, the way that you feel towards yourself and, you know, being at peace with you know, who you are as a person uh, as opposed to aspiring to what others want you to be or need you to be. And I don't know. I just think that that's a pretty profound quote. I want to hear what uh, the rest of you have to say about it.
1: I'm glad you said it because I think it's a good reflection of what the whole film felt like. Where it almost felt like it was trying to grasp its own identity and in- it wants to develop this complex character development, but then again, like, how far are you willing to go to compromise? Um, so, yeah, I think whatever you said just now is a good reflection of how the movie felt as a whole.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Kaylee. And just, yeah, but that's one of those things, again, of if if that's the it's towards the end of the film that's the climax of the film i want to see the characters overcome that i want to i want to experience that along with them in other aspects but it's teeing itself up for success
0: yeah i think the film just for me like touches on so many bases and i think that the whole um conversation about um Paul um well Aster asked Paul if he believes in God and he said yes of course and like that was right after she has that whole scene with Ellie where Ellie tells her like she doesn't really believe in that and like and Aster kind of um I feel she kind of resents her for it like dang I wish that I had the same feeling where like I didn't have to believe in God like I wish I had your freedom and like having that choice of whether or not i believe in this higher being this entity that's gonna you know say whether or not i'm gonna have a great life or like this marriage is for me um because ellie says like or when ellie says that she doesn't um she says that she feels lonely just because she doesn't have a god or she doesn't have like a faith to cling on to and I think that whole like Astor telling her hey I hope you believe in something good was something that like, really hit like hit for me like dang you know like I see myself as kind of an agnostic or for my whole life like I grew up Catholic and my family tried to make me go to Catholic school or Vietnamese school and I'm both and i for some reason like I kind of rejected everything you know? no I'm too good for that or like maybe there's something higher or better or I don't know Mm -hmm. and um, to me that really hit um, like I relate so much in that scene with Ellie and Astro
5: you bring up a point that reminds me of that's another thing these characters are supposed to be like they're reading these philosophers and these deep thinkers all the time and it was weird to have them hung up on the concept of faith in the single deity where you think they'd be more interested like the pursuits of a pure life the what it, what is meaning in itself and other stuff he, that's one of those things where i feel the script and the writing betrays what is playing out with the characters and it's because you mentioned that astra does she does envy emily for like her hard line no but then when paul <laughs> says without hesitation that he does believe in God she has like the opposite reaction again where it's another case of like I'm not sure what they're trying to say with these exchanges and these lo- these exchanges between Astor as well as with the the background groundwork of you know reading Plato and other su- all this other stuff why it's even a significant issue aside from her father is like the
0: deacon well maybe the film isn't trying to say any one thing maybe it's just trying to leave it open to to you like what what do you think like everyone has their own upbringing their own faith their own
5: perspective. Uh, yeah i'm not like, i'm not saying the open-endedness of it is it just feels a bit contradictory you think they you think astra if she's reading the same stuff she she'd, she'd be more concerned with like more broad aspects more broad concepts than the existence of a deity or a person's faith in that
2: I think that, uh, the way that I took that entirety scene and the, the entire issue that we're talking about right now, um, I took it as, you know, when Aster, you know, after dropping off Ellie, uh, and then meeting up with, uh, Paul later on and asking if he believes in God, um, as opposed to like hearing what Ellie had to say, I think that she's a bit disappointed. Like, I mean, that, that's at least like my take on it where, um, I feel like she appreciated uh, the fact that Ellie was unafraid in terms of like being vulnerable enough to express how she feels towards such a very big and metaphysical question. Um, As opposed to Paul, who I feel like when he answered, it was just so like, he didn't even think that much into it. And I think that that's, something that Aster craves as a, as a person and as an individual, like she craves to hear the other side. And she's so deprived of that. And I think that that's why the connection that she has with Ellie is so much stronger compared to that of hers and Paul. And I think that in that moment, she realizes just how badly it dissolves, even though like in the end, like she ends up like they both end up kissing and stuff. And I just think that in that moment, that was like the beginning of the end for at least their relationship, because I don't know. That's a very, that's a very important quality to have in terms of just being open and honest with others as individuals, just allowing oneself to feel comfortable To express how we truly feel Without influence
1: Can I just say though It's a little bit off topic but
2: Go
3: for it I
1: really appreciated that Ellie's dad Showed her movies And that was his way of communicating With her on like How to like bring her up Into this new culture That she's in And to kind of almost diversify that Because Growing up, I remember my parents not always being there, and I got to learn a lot of the things that I've learned in my 26 years of living through films that I watched, and as much as I hate to say this, films in the media have a big cultural impact on our society, and Like, filmmakers have that responsibility where you have to make a film. That is great. And you have to shape it in a way that you're saying what you really want to say and that it's important. And I just don't think a lot of the filmmakers today are seeing themselves as that or just not recognizing that fact. So they're just creating these mediocre stuff. And, like, this film is very much in between that, where I'm, like, torn between, like, I I want this to fully go there.
0: More films are being made today than ever. We have so many um, streaming networks, streaming services. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't just have movie theaters anymore. We have VOD. We have YouTube. We, We have so many, so much art being done now than ever, and... Part it be a detriment and it could be a good thing.
1: And I'm not just saying it's the filmmaker's responsibility to shape the culture, because every individual also has that responsibility to consume whatever media they want to consume, you know? Um, but I'm almost torn between this, like, do movies need to be, like, completely... Like you either go there or you don't. Is this a waste of two hours or not?
2: Like very black and white in nature. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, and like I don't want to look at it this way, mm. but I like almost want to. That's a
2: great question.
1: Because we do have a, such a saturated media outlets now, where we could just have access to any media content we want. And like, did you guys feel like? It, like, watching the two hours that this film had to offer, did it change anything for you? Like, I'm just curious, because... Yeah, it
0: took me back. Like, took part me back of, part of curious, watching films, sure. to
1: me, is that experience, like, how much it moves me as a person and it shapes me as a being. And, you know, watching movies is completely different for everybody, but I think I'm just a little bit curious as to how this film has kind of like, either changed your mind or changed anything, really, or hasn't.
0: To me, this film made me feel like a kid again. Like, I didn't really watch a lot of movies growing up that I felt I related to. Okay. And this film made me feel like a teenager again, where I wish, like, I was back in this time period where I would make the friends that I would, should have made back then. The people that I did connect with, I should have just stayed connected with. Because you don't get that a lot in life. And now that I'm older, I'm in my late 20s, I'm like, dang, like, this film did show, like, yeah, I did have moments in my life where I met, you know, certain people from certain backgrounds, and they're so different from me, but I still connect with them, and um, I wish I had kept that and just cherished that, because this film is about, like, cherishing that life that she's growing up in. Even though Squid Hamish isn't the most glamorous place on earth. Like, I mean, Astor came from Sacramento. Like, she's not coming from LA or New York or all these glamorous cities. Like, they still appreciated the life that they had. And she's still willing to accept that. Both people, Mm -hmm. like, everyone. And for me, it made me wonder, like, dang, you know, like, am I like that? Am I a simpleton? Do I just accept Sacramento for what it is? But no, like, I... Like... It's, it's my life, you know, I grew up in Sacramento, like, this, I can't change everything about it,
5: and, I don't know, I just accepted it. The big takeaway for me, referencing the movies as well, was uh, I have a, I'm not aware of Alice Wu and her career, and I will be watching it with a keen eye, especially with the, I think... You referenced the cinematic introductions. She clearly wrote that in to parallel the story. Like, uh, yeah. Casablanca's ending when her and Paul become friends. And he even says a line, like, this is the beginning of a great friendship. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think a third of the way through the movie, we get the Bollywood film scene where the two characters are... Emily's learn about the rationality of love through this film where he's chasing the train, even though she's already on it and sleeving. leaving. And I... I, I I see what she was doing there and I have great admiration for that and I will watch her career with a keen eye. That's my big takeaway from this film.
1: I think you should definitely watch Saving Face because it's a much more satisfying of what you I think you would be looking for, Pat. I just it's a bit more complex and it just goes into just it's not just about philosophy. This just goes into culture and like differences and straight up family dynamics and it's just so in your face that it's a truly asian-american film where this like the half of it feels like an american almost asian the half of it yeah the half half of it
2: and how would you compare this to like another recent um asian-american film um yeah the farewell
1: I actually haven't seen it. Really? Um, I've deterred from watching it because of <laughs> my emotional attachments to my past. I don't think mm. I'm quite ready to, and I will definitely have to mentally prepare myself to go into watching it. Just knowing what the premise is, I am yeah. no way mm. in hell. i think think
0: both those films are equal i think and
2: i I think so as well i think they're quite equal yeah i
0: think they're both really i think really good perspectives on like asian American. yeah
2: but they don't they don't utilize it to its full potential though that's the entire thing though
0: for me i think the film did what it needed to do
1: yes definitely
2: yeah yeah it starts a conversation yeah
1: I mean, we just had this... I know, this like, how, how long like, has it been, like...
3: <laughs>
1: just a plethora of <laughs> different ideas, I think. We touched up on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry if I'm a little ADHD.
2: No, no, this is... i you guys from, no, like, certain
1: uh,
3: Yeah, we're
2: all just... We're all just flowing.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: um, do we want to have any closing thoughts before we pretty much, like, close out... Um, our lasting impressions of
2: the half of it? I think for perspective's sake alone, I think it's worth the watch, especially if you already have a Netflix subscription and you don't want to, you know, go out of pocket to pay for an additional movie or to rent one. I think that if you have access to it, it's definitely worth looking into. And I think that you can walk away from it learning something new and, uh, thinking about what the future may potentially hold.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, if you have a Netflix, I mean, why are you watching this film? Unless you have really, um, uh, I don't know, like, pessimistic or dark takes on life. Um, this film is actually kind of a change of pace. Um, for me, um, I'm usually kind of guy that like watches I don't know dark movies. Like we've been watching a lot of dark movies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kinda used to it. I kinda (laughs) wanted to
1: change it up too. (laughs) I was like, man, these guys have been watching some existential (laughs) shit. Like
0: (laughs) No, like I think (sighs) think that you're I think the half of it was such a good change of pace that like yes, it did remind me that yes like I I'm still a kid. Like I still like these type of movies and that I can still enjoy something like this. And it's so different. It's so, like, it just goes beyond, like, the tropes of rom-com or, like, yeah, like, no one gets what they want, but, like, they kind of find what they needed in life. And for me, that worked so well for me. And
5: I just love everyone in it. Yeah. Uh, I would say check out... saving face yes. I even, I've only read the synopsis but I believe Alice was a, she has great potential I look forward to other films and if something about the genre or either genre of the romantic comedy or the drama or the uh, LGBT plus cinema piques your interest I believe you can you should probably do some research and find another film that may be more poignant in those genres of your interest
1: um, as a closing thought, I think there are definitely <clears throat> so many films you can watch now. I encourage you to watch whatever you want. But if you want like a refreshing slice of life, a little bit wonky, but will get your brain juice kind of working, this is the perfect <laughs> movie to like watch when you can't decide, you know, what to watch on Netflix because. I think I just stumbled upon it, like, one night after I got off work, like, opened a beer and was like, oh, what the fuck is this? I'm gonna watch it. And it turned out okay. Um, I don't think it's a waste of time. Captain Marvel is a waste of time. <laughs> like,
5: Can't no sponsors. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Captain Marvel, Marvel yeah. is a uh, really
5: We love our
2: Disney overlords. Yes, yeah, no, oh. we don't. We <laughs> get social credit for
1: this. <laughs> I just yeah, I'm I'm biased and if you're queer, you'll probably like Let's be Let's be honest here. If you're queer, you'll like this shit. Like, let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> You'll probably enjoy it, because I know you're all thirsty for that queer content. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
0: um,
4: yeah, if you're going to throw on Netflix one night, this is a good movie to throw on. I I enjoyed it, for sure.
1: It's like a good family film. Yeah. There's no like awkward scenes where you have to like sit there with your parents and be like... Oh. This is a weird scene to be watching. Yeah.
4: it's a good, it's a good family, it's a good family
0: flick for yeah, sure. Everyone's no getting their brains bashed in. Everyone's no having like an explicit it's sex scene. Yeah. Everything's good. Everything's
4: it's awesome.
1: not like Hannibal where <laughs> they just throw in some really meta concepts and you're just like, oh, I'm a killer too.
3: And
1: you just, yeah. So either watch Hannibal or this film. Say I don't know. I don't watch <laughs> one both. of those.
0: <laughs> That's like too shout different. out to cool milk well um thank you for tuning in to lay film podcast um if you've been watching this far definitely review our podcast um leave five stars or whatever how many stars you want to leave us but uh, if you're listening on itunes or spotify like follow us subscribe and thank you again Kaylee, for joining us On this very special episode.
1: Thanks for um, inviting me. And I think I definitely want to encourage whoever's listening right now. To go stalk these guys on their social media. (laughs) Um, Richard and Patrick are growing out their hair. So go look (laughs) out for those um, progress pics. And then Tyler's (laughs) making fucking... Top tier drinks. <laughs> so um and then Kevin is just <laughs> yeah. hanging with his cool self. So I don't know why you would be listening still. <laughs> 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 but hey, we had fun. Thanks for having me guys. I just yeah. didn't expect this. So you're
2: welcome, welcome back you. anytime. Yeah, we need you back.
1: Let me Thursday. know if you want Come me back. back again. Just let me know. <laughs> I'm always free on Saturdays and
2: Sundays. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Um, As always, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we can't wait to get back to you again um, next week. Our pick is going to be from Patrick. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if you want to reveal the pick or not. But, uh, I'm, having, I'm having trouble picking. So. It's going to be a surprise, and I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, have a great day, everyone. Bye.